Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Steve Hellwagon in just a moment. I, of course, want to tell you about our great sponsor, Manscaped, and a great deal that you guys can get. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It is a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Ultra. We're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. There you go. Patrick Murphy would be joining us, but he said he's just he's got to do so much manscaping today that he he couldn't join the show. But Steve's going to hop on in just a minute. We're going to get to uh, all things Buckeye football, Ohio State falling to number two in the college football playoff ranking. Not a big surprise. Let's bring in Steve right now. Perfect timing, my friend. Buckeye dropping to number two in the ranking. Not a surprise. I expected it. I'm sure you did as well. What do you think it means going forward? Well, I don't think it means much of anything. I think it just means that that you have to win your games. And, uh, you know, somebody on my chat said, well, should they have left the starters in to impress the committee and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, because if you get somebody hurt and you don't beat Michigan, then you're not going to go to the playoff anyway, the way it kind of stacks up. I don't think an 11 and one Ohio state team is going to get in there uh, with such tough competition. That's kind of looming out there, you know, with Oregon and Alabama and, and some of these other schools that, you know, already have one loss Ohio state in a lot of respects, even with a loss to the, number two or number three ranked team on their field would probably go to the back of the line. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's not going to part like it did last year for Ohio State after uh, they uh, they lost to Michigan. So style points really don't mean anything. It's you have to win your games and get to 13-0. and 0. And really, I think if you beat Michigan and, you, you know, I, 
there's no way they would lose to Iowa, but uh, 13 and 0, I think that's, that's the mission. And that's the only path as I see it right now. That's their only path into the playoff. I agree with you. I, I don't think last night really meant anything. It didn't surprise me. Um, beat Michigan in 10 days. That's what it comes down to. Let's yeah. Then you can make a case to be number one at that point. And really, what does that mean? It means you're playing the four instead of playing the three. And, you know, again, we're presupposing, you know, this Michigan game is a 50-50 toss-up. I mean, it could go either way. And, you know, there's a lot of people, I can't think of anybody nationally who's going to pick Ohio State to beat Michigan on their field. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it's 40 for Ohio State, 60 for Michigan in national perception. So, you know, <laughs> you got to pull something off here just to get there. So, you know, presupposing it, you know, and talking about it, you know, really, it, it, it's kind of meaningless at this point. They got to play good football to, to win the, you know, to win that game, no doubt. Yep. And then if they do beat Michigan, I mean, if Georgia's sitting there at 13 and 0 and they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, they're the two time defending champion. They enter that game number one. I have a hard time imagining Ohio State now jumping them. But if Alabama were to beat Georgia, then Ohio State at 13 and 0 would be your number one seed. Um, but just beat Michigan in 10 days. I love that Ohio State's going to go into that game as an underdog. Not just people saying it like national pundits, but like literally in Vegas, they're going to be an underdog. It's so rare that Ohio State's an underdog. And when they are, they come ready to go. Just ask Georgia last year. I know Ohio State fell just short against Georgia. That was in their backyard. Ohio State outplayed them. There were some BS calls in that game, overturns. So I thought the on-field officials did a good job in that Georgia game. The, once again, Ohio State got screwed by terrible college replay officials. But Ohio State is dangerous as heck as an underdog. So I like that they're going into that game as an underdog. I want to get it. What I don't like is all this injury stuff that's mounting, Steve. As we talked about yesterday, um, after the press conference on our live hit that we did uh, on YouTube, it's not looking good for Mike Hall, um, in my opinion. I mean, Coach, just the way Coach Day answered that question just sounds ominous to me. It sounds like Mike Hall, we better hope he's back for the Michigan game. Right now, if I'm a betting man, I would say he won't be, but I, I don't have any insider information. Just based on the way Coach Day answered that question, it seems like it's probably a, a multi-week thing. Yeah, and it comes at a terrible time, obviously, because, uh, you know, you've got to play big and strong and rugged uh, to beat Michigan and to have, you know, go into that game without one of your top uh, defensive tackles. It's it's not going to go well, uh, obviously. Now, Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton have done a good job, you know, keeping Ohio State in there. But, uh, you know, this is where a hero canoe and a Jaden McKenzie and some of these other guys, maybe JT Tui Maloa moves inside and, you go with a, you know, a quicker package, you know, with uh, Curry or Kenyatta Jackson outside perhaps. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of different different ways that they can approach it. Uh, they got to get their best 11 on the field. And obviously some of that's impacted in the back as well. Lathan Ransom was one of their best players and uh, doesn't look like he'll play this week or next week either. So, uh, you know, they're hoping he would come back at some time before the season ends. But, uh, you know, what does that really mean? The playoff, if they're in the playoff. So, uh, you know, I mean, and, and again, uh, these injuries are hitting at, you know, the absolute worst time. Tommy Eichenberg missed the last game. They're hoping that he'll be back. Josh Proctor, they're hoping that he'll be back. So it's kind of a revolving door. Guys going in and guys coming out. They got Denzel Burke back last week. So that was a godsend, obviously. But, uh, you know, um, to me, it's it's just get everybody as healthy as you can and go up there, give it your best shot. That's all they can do. 
you went through them all. I was going to go, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it doesn't sound good for Mike Hall, like I said. Obviously, we know about Lathan. Like, he's not going to be back for that Michigan game. I mean, Coach Day said so he's not going to be back in the next couple of weeks. As you said, maybe he'll be back for the postseason. I imagine if they're in the CFP, Lathan will try and come back. Anything short of that, he won't. And it's not even a guarantee that he would be there for the CFP. But, yeah, it looks like Tommy's going to – I imagine what they're going to do with guys like Tommy and Proc with the whole load management thing that they're doing this year where guys could play, but they hold them out just to rest them like they did with Cade one game, like they did with the Mecca a couple times. With it being senior day, I think Tommy and, and um, Josh Proctor are going to play like very limited snaps just to get them out there on senior day and get them on the sideline and get them ready for Michigan. Do you agree? But it, it sounds good with Tommy and Proc. Mecca looked like he re-injured himself last week. I don't know why he was in there in the second half, but uh, I guess it's not all bad news on the injury front. Yeah, I would look at it kind of the way that you're talking about it. I thought they handled the Michigan State game perfectly in terms of getting everybody work and uh, getting everybody, you know, a lot of people were done at halftime. A few of them played a series or two in the third quarter, and I thought it was great that uh, so many backup players got to play basically a quarter and a half of football. So uh, that can only bode well, you know, for this season as well as for the future. So, yeah, I'm I'm – you know, again, cautiously optimistic as you look at it that uh, they're going to be able to uh, to put their best guys out there a week from now at Michigan when, uh, you know, everything's on the line. They should be able to take care of business this week against Minnesota. Minnesota has been very underwhelming, 5-5 five and five this season, and uh, did beat Iowa 12-10, to 10, no touchdown for them in that game. And, uh, you know, just uh, not the kind of offense that uh, – P.J. Fleck, I think, was expecting to have with Minnesota. And so, uh, you know, coming in off, uh, I think, back-to-back losses as well. So, yeah, they, they had everything right there. They could be in the driver's seat in the division with the win over Iowa. And honestly, there is still a glimmer – well, not much of a glimmer of hope. They have to beat Ohio State and Wisconsin, and Iowa has to lose its last two games. I know they play Nebraska next week. Not sure who they're playing this week, but uh, yeah, it, uh, if that, you know, Illinois, Illinois, if that, if that two and oh and oh and two scenario happened, then Minnesota would be the division winner, but uh, it's, it's not looking good for that. Yeah. I'm surprised Minnesota is not better than what they are. I mean, five and five is even like um, misleading because they've played an easy schedule. Um, relatively speaking, in that Iowa game, they shouldn't have even won that game. That Calling that punt back, I guess by the letter of the law, it was correct. The on-field officials didn't call it. The replay officials said it was an action. The guy was getting his – what we see all the time, he's trying to get his guys away from the ball. But Isn't that ridiculous? But you can't do that to with me, both To me, a fair catch is up here. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not here. Right. It's not right. here. It's up here. So they're five and five, but really they should be four and six. And even five and five is not impressive. They've lost to bad teams. I mean, they got blown out by Purdue last week. Blown out. They lost by 19 at Purdue. 49 to 30. Minnesota yeah. lost last week. They're not good. Ohio State opened as a 28 and a half point favorite. I believe it's fallen to 27 and a half. So just fallen a little bit. Maybe people think Ohio State's going to get a big lead and then get their starters out of there like they did last week. Probably so. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just surprised Minnesota's not a little better than what they are. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, there was a lot of hope that they would push as a dark horse uh, for that division championship. They beat Nebraska 13 to 10 in the first game of the season. Uh, my memory kind of has faded as to what happened in that game. I think it came down to a field goal at the end, perhaps. But uh, um, to me, I, I, I just, um, 
there's just not much there to, 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 you know, wrap your arms around. Ethan Kalikamakis, their quarterback, has two 200-yard games this season, so he's not much of a threat. And uh, they got a decent enough run game, I suppose. But, you know, they're, they're just – they're in the hundreds in almost every offensive category. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned one bit with Minnesota. If, it, if it's 28-3 to – if it's 38 to three, it doesn't matter. The final score of the game doesn't matter. Just win the game, keep everybody healthy, and get ready to go play Michigan. That's all that matters. That's exactly right. Amen. I mean, just I mean, you know, 17 to three. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Get the game over with. Get the W. Get that game over with. Get everybody healthy. We can't afford any more injuries. They're already banged up enough. I mean, a guy like Lathan, we'll get into more about the Michigan game in a moment. Um, we'll close the show with that. But yeah, I mean. You know, Latham would be perfect for the Michigan game. You know, I mean, I know they're, they've got good depth at safety, and that's good. But still, I, you know, I mean, Mike Hall, you need all the depth you can get. What if Ty Hamilton gets banged up or something? Or, you know, I mean, I don't know. And I like the hero canoes stepping up. But, man, you need all the depth you can get. So get these guys healthy. What you make of what Jim Knowles said yesterday? I know you asked him a very pointed question. I call it the comedic stylings of Jim Knowles. He was having a good time in there yesterday. I love his personality, and I love his defenses. But you asked him straight up, like, how – why are you confident that, like, you know, when the Michigan game rolls around, that you're going to your defense is going to be physical enough? Um, he seems to be confident they will be physical enough against this very physical Michigan front. Michigan's extremely physical on the offense and defensive lines. Um, but I thought that was a good question on your part. What'd you make of uh, Coach Knowles' answer and tell the good people about that? Yeah, the tenor was basically Rutgers had over 200 yards rushing. And then last week, Michigan State came right out and had like uh, 20, 11, and 27. Uh, yard runs in the first two series. And then after that, Ohio State made some great adjustments. And I'm going to say that Michigan State maybe netted 30 or 40 yards on the ground the rest of the game, if that. So it wasn't, it was, it was hard for them after that point. And what we saw was more helmets meeting the ball carry at the line of scrimmage. And that's not what we saw against Michigan, you know, the last two years. What we saw was big holes. Uh, running downhill to where, okay, the the runner, Coram or Edwards or whoever has a big head of steam, and now it takes somebody, you know, having to drag them down as opposed to stopping their momentum at the line of scrimmage and then getting helmets to the ball. Um, So I asked basically, you know, given what we've seen the last two weeks, I mean, what why do you feel, you know, that, that that you're going to be up to the task this time where they weren't the last two times? And, uh, you know, he, he just said that uh, he likes the physicality, that the way that they're playing right now. He's, he admitted that, it, that the game is all about adjustments and that uh, sometimes you get into a game and they'll show you something that you really hadn't prepared for or that you hadn't seen in a while and you have to adjust to it on the fly. And he, he liked the way that his team did that after those first two series with Michigan State. They had a field goal. They never took a snap inside the 34-yard line against Ohio State, which is uh, pretty amazing. They made like a 51-yard field goal, I think, was their only scoring for Michigan State. So they really did slam the slam the door on their head. And, and I think that, uh, you know, again, you have a guy like Tyreek Williams up front who's holding that point of attack. Ty Hamilton hasn't been bad. And then you're getting good run play, I think, a lot of times out of Sawyer, sometimes out of Tui Maloal, and certainly with those linebackers, Simon uh, Chambers to a degree and Eichenberg, 
Plus, it's been great, you know, when you've had the safeties involved as well. Even the corners, Igbenosin is not afraid, Hancock not afraid to stick their nose up in there on a rundown and make a play. So, uh, you know, without, you know, the requisite giving up the pass on the backside yet, that really hasn't happened. So, um, you know, this defense has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, it may not look good early in that Michigan game. Michigan may come out and gash them, but uh, eventually I would think that, that Jim Knowles will come up with an adjustment or two to uh, to try and stop that or contain that. I think we're in for like a – I wouldn't say a rock fight, like, you know, 13-10 or something stupid like that, but probably something in the 20s. You know, I don't think either team will get to 30 points in that game, but I think uh, I think 20s – and Ohio State's going to have the best player on the field, Dave a guy by the name of Marvin Harrison Jr. And if the D- offensive line could give Kyle McCord just enough time to, to get the ball to him, and he can, he can work a route, you know, where he gets two or three seconds to work a defender and, and free himself, the yards will come. I think he'll have seven, eight catches for 100 yards and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Stick around. Steve and I are going to talk more about the Ohio State-Michigan game in 10 days and more Ohio State football in general. I want to let you guys know about our other sponsor, Factor Meals, and a great deal you guys can, can get. I love this company. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. My family and I love these meals. They're ready in just two minutes. They're high quality. It's stuff like chipotle pork chops, chicken and mushrooms I had last night, creamy chicken and mushrooms, steak and green peppers, all kinds of good stuff, smoothies. It's all good. It's all high quality, and the meals are ready in two minutes. You pop them in your microwave, and they're high quality. They're good. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 and use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. All right, let's bring back in Steve. Steve. All right, so Buckeyes, like I said, man, I mean, if you look, and I imagine it's not going to change much. If you look at the look-ahead line, Ohio State's going to go to Ann Arbor as a a five-and-a-half-point underdog. I agree with you. I feel like it's like a 50-50 game. I kind of like Ohio State's chances. Maybe that's just the homer in me. Uh, something tells me they're going to get it done this year, man. Uh, but I like that Ohio State's going to go in there as an underdog. They're going to hear people talking about how they're not going to win, and they're literally going to be an underdog, like I said. It's it's very rare that Ohio State's an underdog, and they seem to always play well when they're an underdog. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, you're going to go into that game, and uh, certainly all the talk's going to be about uh, – Michigan going for the three-peat with the Big Ten and three uh, consecutive wins over Ohio State, something that uh, obviously hasn't happened uh, since uh, the late 1990s. So, uh, you know, I just kind of look at it that, uh, you know, the Buckeyes have have got to go in there and uh, and really uh, play to their strengths, which is, in, in most cases, a great running game, a great defense that dictates uh, field position, which I think in that game it's going to be uh, tremendous. In most years, it's special teams. Special teams have been kind of a downer, I think, for Ohio State the last year or two. But, uh, you know, they can't go up there and screw up a punt or, you know, give up a big return or have a bad penalty that negates a return or anything like that because, uh, 
you know, the, those yards are, are just every yard means so much in that game. You know, Jim Trestle used to say that that one yard's really worth two, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and he's not far off because, you know, neither team's probably going to approach 500 yards in that game. You know, the winning team will probably have about 350 yards and the losing team will probably have about 275 or 300. And it just tells you how important each yard is uh, to win that game. So uh, to me, with Henderson and Harrison, uh, I don't think Michigan seen anything quite like them this year uh, at all. And uh, I think Ohio State's going to be able to exploit some things, I think, with those two guys in particular. Let's get you out of here on this. Um, I said we're going to finish talking about Michigan. But we've had a few questions about Mike Hall. Let's post uh, Mika's from YouTube. Is there any chance Mike Hall stays another year? He's a third-year sophomore. Um, I think, yes. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, I probably would have said no. But he hasn't had that good of a year, and he's undersized, and he's oft injured. He goes pro. I mean, even a guy like Tommy Togi guy that we thought would be like a relatively high pick was fourth rounder. I, you know, Pascal Garrett went undrafted. Um, I don't, I, if you're my call and you leave, you're probably going to be looking at third day status, fourth to seventh round. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think there's a chance he'll stay another year. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I had a question about that in my chat, and I said, yeah, I think there's a distinct possibility that happens, whereas before the season you thought, oh, my call for sure is going to leave. I think uh, Jack Sawyer is a guy that would really benefit, kind of like Zach Harrison did, by coming back for a fourth year and and really you know, being that kind of all-Big Ten type guy and, and all-American possible candidate. So I think that uh, – you know, you look at those two guys in particular, they're, they're guys who were no brainers, you know, two months ago. And now, you know, it seems like maybe there's a possibility that, that one or both could come back uh, beyond that, you know, you'd have to go up and down the line. Uh, Donovan Jackson probably headed out. I would think um, certainly Harrison and, and Henderson will be gone. You would think, um, I don't know. I mean, it, there, there may be some interesting decisions that are going to be made. Lathan Ransom in the secondary could come back. Uh, you know, theoretically he could. I, I suppose this injury has probably given him the thought of, I've done everything I need to do in college football. He, he put so many great plays on tape this year that, you know, he's probably not a first-round pick, but, you know, certainly second, third round, maybe he could go as a safety. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's an individual decision by each guy. I think my call's got a lot of great football out there that, that he could still play at Ohio state if he comes back and uh, certainly would help Ohio state by my count there. They only have like eight, eight of the 22 starters may come back. So between the seniors and the, uh, and the guys leaving early. So uh, they may go heavy in the portal. I think you got to go get a stud offensive lineman. I think you got to go get a stud defensive lineman. Um, uh, and maybe even a running back. I think, you know, don't don't count that out. A difference maker, you know, other than Henderson, who's hitting home runs at running back, maybe Hayden. So I think uh, think you need you need some help across the board, I think. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks to all yep. of the viewers. And hey, I'm, I'm doing Ohio State Buckeyes Live at 11 today. Check the front row uh, for an hour-long uh, webcast on Ohio State football at 11 a.m. Our friend Mark Rogers. That's it. Great job. Um, great job from Steve. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.